afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as I broadcast from New Orleans. Commodity Classic getting underway this week. First time it's been off of year because of COVID. And it's going to be great to have everybody back together again. And having said that, these markets are on, once again, a very wild ride. Um, we've heard this all last week. We kept talking about the future markets being broken. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Is it shifting away from supply and demand? What are the markets thinking? We'll look at some shifts in contracts. As we know, limit up trade in the wheat. And I had read some new expanded limits were going to be coming from the CME. What does this all mean? Well, we're going to bring in the grain expert to answer all these questions and more. And that's Todd Holtman. Todd is with DTN. And Todd, first of all, happy Monday to you. And what a crazy Monday it turned out to be. Yeah, yes, it is. Anytime the day starts with $130 crude oil, you know something exciting is going to happen. So we had uh, much more of the volatility like we had last week. You look at that volatility, and I mean, I I think folks thought maybe it would wane a little bit, getting used to the idea of, of a war between Russia and Ukraine, but it just seems to be the fuel to the continued fire. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, we're all, I think we're all, uh, or a lot of us, I would say, Americans rooting for the Ukrainians and really admire the spunk and the fight that they're putting up against some big odds. But as time wears on, it seems that those Russian troops keep advancing. They keep shelling. They're taking nuclear plants. It sounds like they're closing in on the capital of Kiev. So this is a, a very, very tough situation. And uh, if I can switch from the humanitarian concerns and get back to markets a bit, we still have a lot of concerns about are the Ukrainians going to be able to harvest their winter wheat this spring and plant crops uh, for the summer ahead. And, and so a lot of those big, big questions are keeping the markets on edge. And, and as you can see on the board, we have some nervous trading going on. You, you talk about that nervous trading, and, and it just seems to be staying at that limit and, and not being able to move much far away from it. And I was reading over the weekend, the CME is going to expand those limits? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the limits for the uh, two winter wheat contracts today were 85 cents. Uh, which was up from 50 cents and 75 earlier. I, uh, so we started at 50, we had an expanded limit to 75, and now we're up to 85. Uh, Minneapolis wheat stays at 60. So it's one way that the exchange tries to accommodate uh, some of this situation. The, the worst part here is we have a lot of speculators trapped in the short side of Chicago wheat, and they locked up limit again at 85 cents higher. So it's very difficult for them to get out of those positions, and that's one reason they expand the limits to try to help them uh, at least be able to get out of the positions they're in. But so far, it's not working in Chicago. Well, you talk about that, that wheat that is in Ukraine and trying to get that harvested. That just adds already to the pressure that this winter wheat has globally. Yes, and uh, so, uh, you know, we've talked before, uh, Ukraine is the fourth largest exporter of wheat in the world. The Black Sea region is one of the most fertile areas uh, of the world. So this this all has big market consequences for supplies ahead. And, of course, we started uh, this new season with lower supplies than we've seen the past eight years. So it's just uh, really tough timing, very stressful on markets. And unfortunately, we're getting a futures market, especially in wheat, that is um, just really diverging away from reality. And we're finding that more and more commercial firms 
uh, are having to uh, redo the, the way they come up with their cash pricing because uh, the futures market really is not uh, reflecting their real world any longer. So what's it going to take to kind of reel this back? Um, and, and can we at this point even go back to what we were doing? Yes. Well, uh, you know, the, the cure for uncertainty is certainty. And, of course, that's very difficult to do when you're in a wartime situation like we are here. And, um, uh, there, you know, there's still a possibility that this uh, fighting could get much worse. The, the nuclear threat has been thrown on the table. We just can't rule anything out. And all those things keep traders up at night um, wondering where this whole thing is headed. So it's it's very difficult to uh you know point to something in the future and say oh it'll all calm down by the end of the month or may or or uh whenever it just uh it's it's a very tough situation to call well then and and then add to it um and you and i've had this conversation before on this program is the dryness that continues from oklahoma all the way north though we did get some showers and some snow moving through with this cold stamp still not enough to you know alleviate the stress from a wheat producer's perspective yes right and i understand we have some more snow on the way through nebraska uh this week but uh you know snow only offers so much moisture we all uh, i think understand that we're really going to need to see some decent spring rains in the central uh plains and of course in the in the western corn belt uh and uh, you're, you're right that's that's another threat that's happening uh much like we saw a year ago when our, our wheat production got hit uh pretty hard so uh, there, there are so many bullish factors at the moment. Uh, it's, it's just uh, creating a really lopsided market situation, and uh, it makes it difficult to trust the pricing that's happening now because we just don't see that two-sided interaction. The, all the arguments are on the long side of the market. So looking at that, before we, we had to break, what type of pressure are we going to see into not only this winter wheat market, but the spring wheat market here in the States, knowing that the moisture level isn't where it should be and knowing the global demand that's there to need that wheat? Yes. Well, you can imagine we we have uh, this Ukrainian situation already throwing a big fear premium into the wheat market. And we really haven't even gotten to the time of year yet where we start to get worried about the winter wheat crop. I mean, we all see the drought monitor and the drought uh, on the map, but it's typically not until about uh, late April that we start worrying about the conditions for uh, that winter wheat is going to emerge into. And we'll stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half in just a moment. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of Extendflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about Extendflex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We, of course, broadcasting from New Orleans as Commodity Classic is taking place this week. Having said that, you know the water cooler talk is going to be what's going on with these markets as Todd Holtman continues to join us with DTN. And, Todd, you know that producers have been closely watching. They're watching what their input costs are going to be. They're watching the fuel prices. They're watching the global craziness. How does one kind of funnel what's going on and be able to see what's going to work best for their operation knowing the way these markets are trading? Uh, that's a very good question. And, you know, I think, Susan, the, the answer typically uh, gets isolated down to what has worked well for the particular farm. You know, I, as I uh, talk to a lot of guys uh, around the country, so often I'll think uh, that the, the economics for soybeans looks good for them, but then maybe they'll tell me that, you know, soybean yields usually don't do that well for us. We really like to go with corn when we can. And so there's a lot of those uh, very specific uh, things that, that um, I think analysts tend to overlook sometimes uh, or, or discount, but uh, everybody has their own uh, history and nuances of works, what works best for their farm. I, I think I would say the good news for everyone this year is that we did have very high February averages for the crop insurance uh, pricing this year. So there should be uh, very good affordable rates for high protection uh, from, from uh, crop revenue losses. And I, I think that's good news that it should give uh, all farmers a lot of camp confidence to go ahead and get out there and plant in spite of all the uncertainty that we're having, in spite of the high fertilizer costs uh, and all of that. that. That crop insurance goes a long way to providing peace of mind. And, and uh, consumers ought to know that uh, they're getting good value this year because uh, without that, it might be a very... Uh, much more difficult situation to plan into. A lot of discussion just this last week, and, and you and I were talking about it before we started the program today, is the futures market is broken. And I've heard the word yeah. broken more times in the last week, I think, than I have the last, you know, six months or more. <laughs> so what what's yeah. it going to take? I mean, this is a big struggle that's going to happen as we head towards spring planting. Well, I'll tell you, the number one enemy uh, for markets and market prices is fear. And that's what we have in spades right now with the Ukrainian situation and with the drought threats uh, around the world. And we've had drought in South America, too, uh, to add to the the list of things uh, adding anxiety to the market. Anytime one side of the market is in a position where it's just too afraid of what's going to happen and they pull uh, away their participation, that creates a one-sided market, and that takes prices farther than they would normally go if we had a healthy interaction of both supply and demand. So in this case, we, as I mentioned, we've got uh, everybody on the short side of the market is stressed. In the case of Chicago wheat, uh, they're uh, almost unable to get out the way the, the limit-up moves are going every day. And uh, that's, that's costing speculators a lot of money. It, I think it's going to be straining exchanges. And when you see commercials uh, start to change their pricing so they don't bid off the May contract anymore, now they're bidding either off of the July or September, which are lower price contracts in this environment, it tells you that those May contract prices have gotten so high, it's just not serving the, the reality of the markets that they're dealing with on the physical level anymore. So that's my definition of a broken market. What about the basis? Are we going to see any... 
Is it going to continue just to stay on the flatter side, or are we going to see some some motivation for it? Well, we have to redefine that term basis. Uh, typically, we would say it's it's the uh, cash price minus the nearby futures price. But because of the distortion in the market that I just described, we have to change now to redefine basis to going out to July or September. That is following the lead of what commercials are doing uh, with that basis. They've just reached a point where they can no longer just leave their pricing decisions up to whatever the futures board says as they normally do uh, in a normal basis situation uh, that we would talk about any other year. But uh, this year, the, the futures market, again, it's, it's just not serving them. So they, in effect, are really having to create their own basis, which is more in line with the actual supply and demand that they see for the physical product on the ground. And, you know, South America's weather is still not gone anywhere, though it seems to have kind of been pushed to the back burner when it comes to market talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, which is t- just totally upside down. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I- I- any other time, you know, we are going to have a WASDE report here on Wednesday, and I will think that the South American crop estimates from USDA will get attention, and maybe that's the one uh, useful thing that will come out of uh, Wednesday's report. But you're, you're absolutely right. Ukraine has totally stolen the focus uh, and concern of the markets, and it's uh, almost as if we we <laughs> are ignoring what's happening down south. And yet Brazil obviously is the world's largest producer of soybeans, and they're planting their, their large second corn crop. Uh, Todd, what's the best way for folks to, to have a more conversation with you? Well, I always invite you to email. Uh, it's my name, Todd.Holtzman at VTN.com. All right. That's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the World Radio Network.